Live Lovely is My Life Manifesto. My name's Courtney. I'm a professional wedding photographer and lifestyle blogger. Um, I blog about the New England lifestyle, travel, weddings, but mostly actually um, I blog a lot about simple living and living a lovelier life. Um, a year ago, I was living this awful reality. Uh, I wasn't very happy, I wasn't very healthy, and I wanted to make some changes, so I started a blog um, after I made these changes in my life, and I tried sharing the journey with other people, and a friend of mine told me, maybe I should make a podcast, you know, share my stuff that way. I'm not really fond of recording myself. Um, I'm more of a behind-the-scenes kind of person. I'm a writer, I'm a blogger, I'm a photographer, but um you know, I feel like everybody deserves a voice, which is what brings me here today. And I wanted to share the background story of what brought me to where I am in my simple living and positive living journey, where I focus a lot on well-being. Um, and I want to help other people get from where I was feeling to a much better place. Uh, if you want to learn more about me, um, you could find me at my website at livelovelyphotography.com or on Instagram at livelovelyphotography. Um, I love talking with people. I like sharing simple living and positive living and tips and hearing about other people's stories. Um, I also have a Facebook group called Live Lovely. And uh, anyway, today I just wanted, this is a bit of a long podcast, but I wanted to share my whole background story, just get it all out there. Um, so you can see what brought me to this moment now that I am today, trying to live better. And I feel a lot of people can relate to that, that no matter how bad life can be, um, I've struggled with depression, anxiety, um, some really low moments. And even up until recently, I've been struggling with certain things in my life. And I feel that's very relatable. A lot of people go through ups and downs. Life's not perfect. It's not always wonderful, but it's always worth it. And today I'm hoping that by sharing my journey, um, you'll help see where I got to this point of having enough and just focusing on crafting a life that is meaningful and just full of just contentment and joy. And um, I'm hoping that other people could maybe find, I don't know, find some warmth in that and find um, a soul that's similar to theirs, um, someone that they could follow along in the journey with too, because we're all in this together. Um, so without further ado, I want to share my journey with you. And then hopefully later on, I'll be sharing some other podcasts with some tips and tricks for you and um, making life just much a lovelier place. Thank you so much for joining me today. Live Lovely is my life manifesto, not because life is perfect, but because it isn't. It is a reminder to myself to make the most of every day, appreciate the beauty of simplicity, to learn, to create happiness, and to craft a life that gives me meaning and joy. A year ago, I was not living the life that I wanted to. I was not living lovely. I wasn't happy. Instead, I was exhausted all the time, working in a job I did not love in an office where I was being bullied on a daily basis and I did not have the time for my health, my relationships, or my personal goals. My mid-twenties, um, the time of my life where I was supposed to have the most vitality and quote-unquote freedom, was passing me by and I felt like I was missing all these opportunities to grow. I sat still in a box of my own creation. I wanted to live a life that I loved. I wanted to live in a home that made me feel content. I wanted to enjoy my mornings, start work later in the day, create my own schedule with my own routines, run my own business, and have more time for the people that I love, for travel, 
and for doing what I love to do. I wanted more energy, more positivity in my life, and more control of my time. On paper, my wants sounded so simple. Then why was I making it so complicated? My goal for these podcasts is to share ways to live a lovelier, happier, and healthier life, to focus on well-being no matter what obstacles you face. Most of these podcasts will be much shorter than this one, but to be completely open with you, I feel the need to share with you how I got here. This is the backstory about how I got to this point. Uh, it was a long one in the making, but I feel it's important to kind of share more of myself so you could see what brought me to where I am today. I am the product of a divorce, although I am so thankful that my parents separated. They divorced when I was about five years old, and they are both so much better off for it. My younger brother and I were gifted with two amazing sisters in the process. My mother is with a man for nearly 15 years who had a daughter my age, who has become the sister of my heart. And my father had another daughter when I was around eight and a half years old, so my little sister has become one of the most precious people in my life, and for that I'm forever thankful. So the man my mother was seeing for 15 years with us, he lived with us all that time until I graduated high school. Uh, he was very abusive to my mother, brother, and myself, and uh, my parents are alcoholics. Although my father has been sober for about 20 years, my mother still struggles and uh, she is a very mean drunk, unfortunately. Um, so I saw my father every other weekend when I was a kid, and then my last year of high school, I lived with him every other week, which was a little complicated, but I felt the need to kind of spend more time with him and also get out of my mom's house for a bit. So I went back home with my mom full-time while at her house uh, when she was away in rehab for a few months. I didn't want to leave my brother home alone with her boyfriend, and um, it was a lot of toxic stress, and it hurt my ability to do well in school. It harmed my self-esteem and limited my ability to think beyond making it through the day. So I counted down the days until my 18th birthday and going away to college, but when my mother came back from rehab, uh, right before my high school graduation, uh, she was actually so much healthier, happier, stronger. Uh, life became better at my home, and she actually dumped her abusive boyfriend for good this time. And uh, I had resented her for a while that it didn't happen until a month and a half before I had to move out for college. I felt as if my childhood had been ruined, that it had been taken away. And finally, there was this moment that I'd wanted my whole life, and I was growing up and leaving the house for good. And I can never have those days, those summer months, those holidays, those birthdays, those family vacations back. I felt like I lost something really important. Still, I flourished in the freedom of college. For the first time ever, I was getting straight A's. I was invited into honor societies, and I felt like a peace and happiness. I was making good friends and connections. Uh, and even though I told myself I wasn't going to date until after college, three weeks in, I met the amazing uh, man that I ended up marrying <laughs> just this past June, uh, named Matthew. And I studied abroad in Canterbury, England. During my junior year, he flew over and took me to Paris. And nearly a decade later, um, we're happily married. So uh, life turned out really well, even though there were ups and downs and bumps along the way. And after graduation, Matthew and I loaded up a U-Haul the next day and we moved to Maryland together. It was his dream to finish college at the University of Maryland, although a series of events would prevent that goal. He did eventually continue electrical engineering at a private university here in Connecticut. Uh, the three years that we spent in Maryland were some of the not-so-greatest of my life. I was really lonely, isolated, I hated the traffic and the communities, 
and uh, the extremely high cost of living. Um, we were living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, we didn't feel like a connection to the community like I had been used to growing up with in small New England towns. Uh, so I really missed that. Um, I also really missed the wedding culture here in the New England area. I'm a wedding photographer, so I got used to that raising each other up mentality that we have here in New England. The groups that all the vendors get together, they try to help each other grow as a business instead of it's a very community over competition mentality here in New England. And I miss being a part of that. Um, it was very competitive rat race between Baltimore and DC. It was very different from what I was used to and it was a little too rough, a little too mean. Um, so I was really unhappy. I wasn't living very well and not having any money, struggling to even put food on the table was a lot. Uh, I think everyone kind of goes through some of these phases, but for three years it was, I was at a breaking point. Um, so I was unhappy and I did not want to go back and I didn't even want to wake up in the mornings. Uh, so Matthew was working nights and I was working days. We never saw each other during the week and on weekends we were just exhausted and we didn't have money to do anything anyway. So I had gone through numerous jobs. Some were nice. Uh, I was a nanny. Uh, I sold furniture. Uh, I worked as a caregiver, uh, hostess at an oyster house, and for a really sexist, awful boss of a photographer, uh, I didn't stay there very long. I also sold cell phones, business to business, as a saleswoman for T-Mobile. Um, and then eventually I was a shelver at a library my final year in Maryland, and I loved that job. But I really struggled to pay the bills uh, with that one, unfortunately. And when Matthew's mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, um, gosh, we were, I lost both my two grandfathers uh, within a few months of each other. And we both kind of just threw in the towel and we decided to move for Connecticut. We wanted to be closer to family. We wanted to change things. We wanted that sense of community and we wanted to do better financially. So we found an old mill apartment close to the Massachusetts border. So we'd between, be between my family um, in Connecticut and his family in New York. Uh, he tried to, we also wanted to be close to Yukon because that's where Matthew was originally thinking about going to school. And through a staffing agency, I found a full-time job temping at a retirement company. Uh, so I liked my coworkers there very much. The pay was all right. And I stayed there a year before they hired me permanently through the agency. Matthew found another job, again, the night shift, and we only saw each other on weekends. And on our weekends, we were so busy um, driving hours and hours to see different family members and for different events. We fell into a new routine, and it also wasn't a healthy routine. It was better money, but it wasn't actually better living. Being closer to family had many ups and downs. I have a lot of cousins and they're amazing people and they're some of my closest friends. So it was really great to finally be around these positive, loving people again. Uh, but also at the same time, it brought me closer to certain members of my family that, you know, brought me down, that made me feel bad about myself, that were struggling with addictions and mental health problems. And it was bringing me down with them a little bit. Um, Especially my my mother had attempted suicide again and was sending me messages that were terrifying and I didn't quite know how to handle this. And around the same time uh, that following that spring, 
Uh, Matthew's mother lost her fight with pancreatic cancer, and I was standing behind him in the room uh, with his family when she passed. Uh, the six months after were some of the hardest in our lives together. It felt like we weren't ever going to be happy again. Uh, but of course, you know, time moves on. Uh, you have ups and you have downs in life. So around the time that this was all happening, um, at the office I worked at, they hired someone new. And the office I worked at only had about seven people. It was a lot of positive, upbeat, compassionate souls that I still call my friends today. They're great people. I was very happy to have them as my coworkers. Um, but this new hire instantly took a great disliking to most of the women in the office. Uh, I could tell right away that it was kind of um, going to turn into a bad situation where things would get clicky. So uh, I tried, you know, just carrying on professionally, um, trying to make her feel included, be kind. I was hoping maybe she was just having a hard time warming up. Um, but it turned out pretty quickly that, I mean, I figured out pretty soon that she just wasn't going to be kind to anyone in the office, um, except for when the boss was around. Um, so I tried speaking with her one day. I said, I, I noticed that she had seemed upset with me. Um, and she told me that just because we worked with together, that she didn't have to be nice to me or even talk to me at all. Um, so for six months, she refused to even speak to me, look at me, unless someone was around. She started sabotaging my work and lied to her boss about lied to our boss about me. Um, she made me feel threatened, and while I was working at my desk, she would actually come up behind me, and just walk like within a foot. Of, she'd stand like a foot behind me with her arms crossed, and she'd just glare, and stare and try to stare me down. It was really bizarre. Um, so things started escalating, and I decided I had to go to the boss and say, you know, things were going on. She said, well. She said that I was making it all up and that nothing happened, but she started getting even worse uh, behind our boss's back whenever anyone wasn't around. Uh, she started walking by my desk with sometimes within like 15 minutes of each other, she'd just walk to stare me down at the desk. Uh, when we were in the bathroom together one time, um, she walked in when I was leaving. She just looked at me and she screamed as loud as she possibly could, then looked right at me and kind of smug and walked past me as if I wasn't even there. It was really odd. Um, things were starting to get really bad. And, um, so I kept, I, so I brought it up with the boss more and she kept saying I was just making it up and that we worked together perfectly fine. Um, she escalated things. It was pretty bad and all sorts of crazy things were going on. Uh, she was ruffling through my desk when I was out for lunch, um, trying to pit other people against me saying that I was making up nasty rumors about, co-workers that I really adored um, and I was kind of reaching a breaking point with her. Uh, her behavior got so threatening at the end that I felt I couldn't be around her. Um, so I dreaded coming into work. My hands started actually shaking when I was driving up to the office in the morning and I would actually get sick to my stomach and my other co-workers were supportive but they were also afraid to be her next target because she had also started kind of going after a few other people too. And after six months with no end in sight, um, even though I did everything I was told to do, try to work it out politely, ignore it and it'll go away, um, I had had enough. So I discovered that I was working with a real life sociopath. She felt no empathy for others. She treated clients and colleagues like we were beneath her. 
She kept lying and smoothed with people that she felt could advance her career, like the executives from the top office. And she refused eye contact with those that she felt was unworthy of her. She actually wouldn't even look at anyone in the office that she felt was beneath her. Um, so her body language was bizarre. She wouldn't actually uh, mirror any body language, tone of voice, facial expressions, anything. And she wasn't the only problem. Um, I was really for staying that long and putting up with it, the sabotaging of my work, um, all the other things that she would do, the nasty emails. And in our life, uh, we really are rarely actually stuck. It's kind of a construct we come up with our whole minds. Um, I was there because I kept going back. So I was not a child in a bad home life anymore. I did not have to stay. It was a choice and I was making a wrong one. So in this life, um, everything we have and do is created by choices that we make. And I did not want to be treated like that anymore. I didn't want to live the way I was living. I was exhausted. My apartment was a mess. My family was still too far away for easy visits. I didn't have time with Matthew for my happiness or even time together. I wasn't building my own business. I wasn't going for my photography. I was stuck in this corporate rat race that I didn't really want to even be in in the first place. Um, so I was engaged at that point with Matthew, which was beautiful, but uh, we didn't even have time to plan the wedding, to travel, to enjoy simple moments of peace and comfort at home together. Uh, Live Lovely was my life manifesto, but I really wasn't living it. So I did something crazy, at least everybody else thought I was crazy, but to me it was like the best idea I've ever come up with in my life. I quit that toxic job. So my cousin Ginger, she found out about my problem and what was going on. And she worked at the same law firm that my um, my mother had used to work at. She didn't work there anymore, but I had worked there during high school vacations and summer breaks during college. And she told them about my situation and they called me up with a part-time job offer. Um, but could I make part-time work? I was working full-time. I had great benefits where I was and everybody told me I'd be crazy for leaving. You know, three weeks vacation, 401k, my health plan was phenomenal and I'd never had that before. Was I really ready to give it all up? Um, I, at this new job, I wouldn't have any of those incredible benefits um, and I wouldn't be making nearly enough money, but you know what? I would be in a better work environment and I would be closer to family and friends and I'd have a lot more time on my hands to work on my goals for my photography business um, you know, spending more time with loved ones and doing things that I enjoyed, getting back to actual living instead of just working. <laughs> and uh, so it seemed like a good idea, but it would also take a lot of Matthew's end too. Uh, we'd have to move across the state. So for this job, we'd have he would have to have a really long commute or look for a new job. He would have to give up his thought about going to Yukon and go to a school closer to this end. We'd have to move apartments. Um, but it all ended up coming into place. Uh, Matthew ended up going in just to speak with an engineer on this side of the state. And they he just wanted to figure out what type of jobs were available, what, what path he could take in the future. And they loved him so much just at the interf information interview that they offered him a job there. So his job's in place. And then UConn actually gave him, unfortunately, a rejection for admittance. But he applied to a school on this end and got in right away, and he loved that university. And so we decided to move. He had a new job. I had a new job. He was taking classes over here, finally getting into the groove of what he wanted to do, follow his dream. 
and we gave up our two-bedroom, two-bathroom, two-story, beautiful mill apartment uh, for a much smaller studio apartment in a little town called Beacon Falls, and it was the best move for us. It really was. Um, We downsized our life completely. Not that our life was big before, it really wasn't, Uh, but we ended up simplifying in so many ways. Matthew got his job now was first shift instead of working nights, and we were able to see each other during the week, so a lot of life changes happened. It was quite incredible, and it was all at once. I did not want to simply jump into a new job and a new routine. I wanted to live lovely. I wanted to live my life manifesto, so I created a list of how I wanted to live my life, what I wanted it to look like every single day, and it kind of was my roadmap for making changes. Uh, I broke down my goals into monthly aims, And I called it my Year of Living Lovely project. Before I quit my job, I had to line up a few things. Um, I started working on my goals to lay down the foundation. It took me a couple months to really shake off all the negativity that I had felt in, all that toxic stress that had been building up inside of me uh, from that bad work situation and living situation. And uh, for the first time ever, I was happier at work. Um, I was building up my own business. I started doing more photography, meeting with couples. I actually started blogging and sharing my journey a little bit and trying to share how to live positively with other people. And for the first time ever, I had time in my life for things that mattered most to me. Um, Life is not perfect. It's not perfect right now, but you know, it's lovely and it's so valuable and worth it. And While that corporate bully uh, is miserable in her corner office, I'm living my best life. I've had my fair share of critics. Uh, Some people in my life uh, could not see how I could walk away from a secure job with such an incredible benefits package and the annual bonus and people did not understand how I could move into my tiny apartment half the size of my old one and how I could donate nearly half of my belongings to do so. Uh, I was told that I was running away from my problems, being lazy by deciding to make work less um, of a priority in my life, I guess you could say, by going to part-time. And that I was being unrealistic, people thought, you know, people said uh, rainbows and butterflies. But you also find these critics in your life, and they come from two categories. Uh, One is people that worry about you, and they want the best for you, and sometimes they don't always know what that is. You're the one that has to decide. Um, And the other people are those that project their own fears or even insecurities and envy onto you. Um, But the only critics you should really consider um, is yourself. (laughs) And uh, I learned to live lovely by making some bad choices first and getting stuck in a negative situation and some bad routines. Um, I've learned from my mistakes and to live a lovely life is to live authentically and to value your goals, your health, and your happiness. And you're going to go off track. Things are, life's crazy, it's hectic, you can't plan it, but living a good life is about pulling yourself back um, and figuring it out for yourself. And so I crafted a life Uh, that is meaningful to me and in this part of my life um, I hope that I'll be able to help other people do the same and life is not perfect in fact I still face struggles and I'm battling a bit of a depression and anxiety from that's been brought on from some difficult and tragic life events recently 
Um, but I'm still working on my well-being each and every day, and I'm so thankful. Um, this year, Matthew and I, we were married in June, and our relationship's better than ever. We're seeing more people. We're making more time for friends, making more time for travel. Um, we're making life less about material things and more about real-life experiences. And I'm doing my best to live lovely every single day, and I'm looking forward to sharing the journey with you. So uh, thank you for listening today. And um, I hope you'll join me in the future as I actually share some of my tips and what I've done, uh, how I got from that awful dark point to living a much healthier, happier, simpler life. Um, Well, thank you very much and have a lovely day.